There's no secret formula for better service throughout the customer journey. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot. It makes it infinitely easier to scale customer support and increase retention. By bringing service and support together in one powerful platform, you can deliver the best experiences for your customers and your teams. Free up time for your reps to focus on complex issues with an AI-powered help desk. Proactively drive retention with customer health scores that help keep your business ahead, stopping churn in its tracks. And give your entire go-to-market team the data they need to operate as one unified, powerful front. Also, you can easily support, strengthen, and grow your customer base. Secrets out. HubSpot Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to do more for your customers today. Good morning, everyone. It's Thursday, October 12th. I'm Ben Berkeley here with Juliet Bennett-Ryla and Lestrandra Alfred, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're going with two top stories. If you're sick of AI talk, your eyes are gonna roll when we talk about Adobe's slew of new AI tools, including one that made video editors audibly gasp when it was announced. And then we'll dig into the central question, will these tools amplify creative work or replace it? And then we'll talk about Taylor Swift again. We'll talk about her romance with football star Travis Kelsey from a marketing angle. Is the NFL leaning too hard into the hoopla? But before we get to all of that, let's run through a few of the stories making headlines in the world of business and tech. The Federal Trade Commission proposed a new rule to ban hidden junk fees on purchases like concert tickets and hotel rooms that would prohibit businesses from advertising prices that leave out mandatory fees. This is a pretty big deal. Officials say bogus fees can add $80 billion a year for consumers. Birkenstock made its debut on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker BIRK, B-I-R-K, with an initial public offering of $46 a share. The IPO values the company at $8.6 billion, and that's good news for the brothers and heirs, Alex and Christian Birkenstock, whose net worth went up significantly. Now they're both worth an estimated $3.5 billion. And let's close out with McDonald's Boo Buckets. The plastic trick-or-treat pails will return October 17th, this time featuring a purple vampire option. The chain debuted as spooky Happy Meal in 1986, but took a break from 2016 until last year. And while it's back, it's not the only one in this fast food candy receptacle lane. Burger King is going to be trying out its own buckets called Trick or Heat, which is to promote its Ghost Pepper Whopper Let's make sure we get to the essential question here. Which one of the two are you taking out with you? McDonald's, obviously, hands down. Agreed, definitely McDonald's. Moving on to our first main story, Adobe. Juliet, you were in attendance at Adobe's Max event in Los Angeles on Tuesday. The company was there hyping its newest AI-drenched creative software. Love to know, what were the highlights? Okay, well, I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to come out and say it. It was pretty good. I was really impressed. And obviously, these are like people who are experts at Adobe showing these off. They're probably way better at using these tools than I ever will be. But there are a couple of things that were really awesome. In Adobe Illustrator, they have this text-to-vector thing that they're doing. And basically, you can enter a text prompt. I think one that they used was like a 
a, f- a flat, like a 2D flat tiger, like it almost looked like a tattoo sketch of a tiger. And then it generates multiple options for you and they're a fully editable vector. So icons, regular images, repeatable patterns, like if you wanted to make a wallpaper or something, and then you get this square of a pattern. The example they used was like planets and stars and stuff. And you're like, mm, I don't like that planet. I'm going to delete it. I'm going to move that over there. It repeats through the entire pattern. And it was so fast. And like, I'm not a graphic designer or a video person, but like, it just seemed like, oh my God, this thing is so powerful and so quick. Other people, however, were graphic designers, video editors, illustrators, et cetera. So I paid attention to the things that made them ooh and ah the most. One was a tool called Retype, which is also an illustrator. I guess if you if you see something cool and you're like, I love this font, what is it? AI can identify that font for you, suggest it if it finds it, suggest similar fonts. But also turn text that you have maybe used before or that you find into editable text. So you can just be like, I want to work with this and it does it for you. And apparently, and I'm guessing you could not do that before because there were a lot of people who were like, hey, wow. And they were like really into this. This I was like, wow, this, this tiger that you just made looks amazing. But they were really into this font tool. And then there were other like generative match, a generative match tool where if you're like, hey, I want you to make something, but I want you to use this style here. This is my style or these are my brand colors. It can do that for you. You can have it generative fill. You can have it fill in objects. So let's say you have a vertical photo. You want it to be horizontal. You can have it fill in the sides for you. And they were doing this with a an illustrated photo, like an artsy photo of a fox in a forest. And it was just like filling in the rest of the forest. The thing that made people gasp the most, though, was, and I'm sure our podcast editors are going to hear this and say, yes, <laughs> it's, a, it's like a, so when you're editing in Premiere, you can have all the dialogue as text and you can use that text to edit. You can copy that, copy the text that someone says, like, okay, I want this clip. But you can also now use AI to find all the filler words, the ums, the uhs, highlight them all and just get rid of them seamlessly. And that was the one where people were like losing their minds. Well, that I mean, that sounds amazing. The one thing I'm curious about, because anytime new tools like this hit the market, our first question is really always the same. Is this going to help or hurt the average worker? So what's your gut telling you when it comes to this new collection from Adobe? Like, are we going to see work made easier or are we going to see it replaced? I think that's going to be up to the companies that employ these graphic designers and video editors and so on and so forth. In theory, and what Adobe, of course, was, I mean, it's their conference. What they were really trying to drive home is these are creative tools for creative people. This is going to reduce the tedious tasks that you do, like editing out every um or painstakingly removing every hair flyaway in a headshot. That's going to reduce all these tedious tasks for you. And hopefully you'll be able to explore and be creative and have more time and be more productive. And that is great. And if that happens, then that's awesome. And I think that is what AI in an ideal world would be for. You know, you use it for inspiration. You use it for the tedious tasks that take you a really long time. The question is, what is your company going to say about that? Is your company going to say, oh, well, I can do this in Adobe Express myself. It won't be as good, but it'll be cheaper. So that's what I'm going to do. Or hey, I saw this presentation and it should take you three hours instead of six. So I'm cutting your hours or, or whatever. I think that's that's where we're going to see it is the people who hire these people, not necessarily Adobe at all, who is presenting these tools, but the people who hire people. I mean, that's what we've seen in the Writers and Actors Guild strike. They don't want to be replaced by studios. Studios, who knows what they're going to do? I mean, 
the actor strike is still going on. The writers have established some guidelines with AI. So I guess we'll see what happens. I like to think of it as like if we live in a Star Trek world or if we live in a dystopian Skynet world. That's the two ways I see this playing out. I think that's a pretty that's a pretty clear vision in my head of how this goes. And I'm I I know what I'm rooting for. I guess you actually did touch on one one other subplot I want to talk about for a second, which is that, you know, these tools are often framed as being empowering for non-designers and helping them kind of like, you know, do things that they never could have seen possible. And like, I know I'm a disaster when it comes to design work, but like right. have had a good time playing around with some of these things. Curious how accessible these felt having seen this like close up glimpse at these tools. Does it like entice you to dive deeper into design? Right. I think it depends on the tools. So Premiere, Illustrator, Photoshop, all of those tools, even in the demos, there were words and terms being used that I, as someone who is not a designer, did not understand that people around me absolutely did. Those are things where I'm like, oh, I would have to take a class. I watch a bunch of YouTube tutorials to really understand what I'm doing and make a really cool visual there. Otherwise, it would just look like crap. However, Adobe Express, which is its online editing tool, very newbie friendly. I went through a demo of that. And that is the one where I'm like, okay, if I wanted to make a flyer for, I don't know, my birthday party and put it on Facebook, I could do that. I could make that happen. And that has a lot of the same generative AI tools. It's just not the super advanced things that you're going to see if you're a, you know, graphic designer at some large brand. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I guess we will see how this one plays out. But for now, we're actually going to move on to our other top story today, which is Taylor Swift. Who else? So, Les, you write The Lead, which is our sibling newsletter on marketing. And this week you dove into kind of the, the NFL and how they've got this all-in strategy capitalizing on this romance between Taylor Swift and one of the league star players. What are you seeing? You know, like most of us on the Internet, I think we've seen over the past few weeks just this frenzy that's really covering this relationship, which on one hand is not necessarily a new thing. Part of Taylor Swift's brand has often involved the people that she's dating. She's been in a lot of high profile relationships throughout her career. A lot of her music has been inspired by her high profile relationships. So her getting media attention for a romantic relationship she's in is not necessarily surprising. But what I noticed was how much the NFL has taken this relationship like a dog with a bone and has been dragging it quite a bit. So I wanted to take a look from a marketing lens at why the NFL was doing that. And I mean, we I guess we know like Swifties are, a, they're a powerful bunch. It's often we've, I feel like we talked about how kind of frighteningly so they activate and they just like they're they're bringing their money. We're about to see, I believe, tomorrow is the release of her concert movie, which is going to bring in nine plus figures. So what are you seeing as like a, a benefit to the NFL here? Yeah, I mean, piggybacking off of that, Taylor Swift has one of the most dedicated fan bases in pop culture. Whatever she does, her fans are interested. They're right there and they're engaged. And I think that the NFL sees this as an opportunity to expand its audience, ultimately to get more advertising revenue. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. So if the NFL can find an opportunity to engage with a more female audience and a younger audience, which is a little bit different than its typical audience, then it can expand what kind of advertisers it works with. And so I think the NFL has seen 
Taylor Swift as kind of an opportunity to get more folks engaged in the game so that they can hopefully appeal to more advertisers. I mean, very, very anecdotally here, but, you know, I've seen the NFL on social media changing its profile bio and pictures and kind of just like go and ham on this thing. And I have also then seen a lot of fans kind of finding it annoying. And like there is this risk of driving away their core audience who's not necessarily they're they're there for the sport. They're not there for this sideshow. Is there like an all PR is good PR thing happening here or is there actual downside potentially for the league? I think that if there is a downside, it's probably would be more for Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey as opposed to the league. Even though hardcore NFL fans may be annoyed by the coverage, I don't think they're going to abandon their favorite teams, their favorite players or, you know, their Sunday, Monday night game rituals. But I do think that if there continues to be a lot of media coverage and hoopla, then people could get a little burned out of like the two main main players involved. Well, we will see how this all-in strategy continues to play out because Lord knows it's not going away so long as this relationship continues. So good good luck, young love. We got, we got a root for it. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to The Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Edra Shugiano. Our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. And we'll see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team, Alan, Leanne, Elliot, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player, Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.